0: On demand. Hear news from Israel whenever you want. Khan Tel Aviv 2019, Khan's Eurovision Magazine. Good evening. Welcome to Khan Tel Aviv 2019, Khan's Eurovision Magazine. This is Nomi Segal with our special magazine ahead of the Eurovision contest, happening this year at the Expo Tel Aviv. In less than three weeks' time, the first Eurovision 2019 semifinal is set to take place. In just a moment, we'll speak with the busiest man in the country these days, Yuval Cohen, the director and editor-in-chief of Eurovision 2019. We'll tell you about an interesting scientific study that looked into whether Eurovision makes people happy. And our Eurovision Parliament will analyze Kobi Marini's chances. But first, a few updates. (laughs) So first of all, some updates on what's waiting for us at Eurovision. Dana International, Israel's winner from 1998, will open the grand final show with her cover of the song you hear in the background, Homer Adam's Tel Aviv. Dana will also perform her winning entry from the Eurovision, Diva, with a new Mizrahi take. By the way, the final itself will open with footage of the delegations disembarking from the planes at Ben-Gurion Airport, arriving in Israel and being welcomed by none other than Dana. Now a look at what's happening in the forecasts and betting tables. Eurovision fans are betting this year on Holland, while Kobe Marimi is expected to make do with 18th place. This according to data from the Eurovision Result apps developed by Rabi Interactive for Khan, the Israeli public broadcasting authority. Other countries leading the rankings after Holland are Italy, Switzerland, Russia and Cyprus. Remember, the rehearsals phase hasn't begun yet, and we don't really know how these songs will look live on stage, which means anything can happen as it has in the past. So every day we hear and read about the singers from the various countries, the different presenters, and the special guests. But there's one person behind the scenes who's running this whole thing called Eurovision 2019, and he's Yuval Cohen, the director and editor in chief of this whole crazy project. Khan Yuval Ganor, speaking to Cohen, first asked him if he manages to sleep at night. <laughs> I'm not sleeping that much, Cohen admits, but for good reasons. A little nervous, very excited. We want to manage everything by the deadline, he says. Three shows is crazy. Ganor notes that Cohen is no stranger to big productions on Israeli television, but both agree that this is a completely different production of a different scale entirely, one of the largest musical shows in the world, more than 200 million viewers. As to how one puts that special imprint on the format for an unforgettable Eurovision, Cohen notes that first and foremost, this is a contest of 41 songs, a fixed structure. He says there is room for expression in the stage, and indeed much work went into this with the designer on how to give Israel expression in the stage, with the result the triangle motif suggestive of the Star of David. The next phase, he says, is the artistic program, including the postcards, the 40-second transition videos before each song. Cohen says it was decided that the most interesting way to do this was to show different landscapes of Israel with dance, and he thinks Israel never looked so amazing. We brought all the artists together here, Cohen says, and each danced in a different locale, creating an amazing mosaic. He adds that all of Israel's Eurovision winners appear in one manner or another if it's Netta who brought the Eurovision to Tel Aviv this year who will appear in the first semifinal with a special rendition of Toy, or if it's Dana, who is a Eurovision icon, or if it is Gali, who will sing with past winners, or Ishar Har, who will be part of a tribute to a bunny bee. Asked for a scoop on what hasn't yet been reported, Cohen jokes that this is Israel, you can't keep anything under wraps. But even if everything is out, no one has seen it yet on stage. Cohen acknowledges that he never dove so deep into Eurovision, he says he remembers contests from his childhood, and notably, the same year he came out of the closet, he felt that the entire country did so with him when Donna International won. Cohen said that while Eurovision reminds him of his childhood and all sorts of life milestones, he was never an avid watcher of every year's contest. But today, it's a pleasure to see all of this heritage, and it's amazing that it's here. the School of Public Health in Imperial College, London, research generally focuses on serious issues, the impact of public policies, environmental factors, and economic conditions on people's lifestyle and health. How does this connect to our magazine? Because this year, researchers there decided to investigate whether the Eurovision contest is associated with an increase in life satisfaction. For real. Dr. Noam Levyatan, a biologist and author of the blog, Noah's Ark, Biological Thoughts, explains to Khan Yuval the link between Eurovision and happiness. The study started out as a jokey conversation among two researchers in the department, Leviathan says. But when they checked and analyzed the data and found the link between Eurovision and happiness, they rushed to publish the findings like any other serious scientific study. On the mechanics of how the study was conducted, Leviathan notes that it is difficult to measure happiness and satisfaction. So what the researchers did was analyze polls conducted periodically by the European Union of residents of member states that asks, among other things, how satisfied they are with their life. The researchers zeroed in on data collected around the time of the Eurovision Song Contest, usually May and June, and found that people reported being more satisfied with their life, especially if their country had done well in the Eurovision Song Contest that year. In addition, if respondents' country did not participate that year, they were less satisfied with their life. Leviathan notes that the researchers found that how well a country did in Eurovision had less impact on satisfaction than whether or not it took part in the contest. Even finishing near the bottom of the table was associated with a 13% higher chance of life satisfaction compared to not taking part in the competition at all. Leviathan notes that the survey findings were similar to those regarding sporting events. Other studies have found a positive impact on residents of a city that wins the Super Bowl, for example. So Khan Tel Aviv 2019. But this year's contest could very well have been taking place in Cyprus, which almost won until Ournetta pulled ahead of Eleni, whose song Fuego placed second. Cyprus's best result in its Eurovision participation. In Cyprus, they learned the formula and this year submitted another similar hit, Replay, sung by Tamta. This year, they are also up there in the ranking tables. Maybe this year, it will be for the win. For some people, Eurovision is not the most important thing, it is the only important thing. Especially when it's happening in your own backyard. Yuval Ganor hosted a roundtable with Gilly Taranto, Danielle Donkelman and Aharon Zvulun, the Khan Parliament. Asked first to rank their level of excitement, Danielle and Aharon debate on a scale of 1 to 10 if it's a 1,000 or a 1 million. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's ready with their tickets or plan on where they'll watch the show. Gilly is asked for her assessment on Kobe Marimi's chances. She tempers the excitement a bit. Let's put it this way. Everyone is prepared for the fact that there won't be a double this year, Gilly says. She notes that while all of the forecasts place Kobe at the bottom of the rankings, she thinks there could be a surprise and an outstanding performance. Danielle says he thinks less about the tables and just has 100% confidence in Kobe. Aharon says he's been following all of the comments in Israel, and he doesn't understand the criticism of the song and what they expect from Kobe. He says that the singer has succeeded in exciting people and conveying something asked what is the most anticipated attraction of the contest, perhaps Madonna, Gilly says that Madonna fans aren't necessarily Eurovision fans, and people coming to Eurovision are coming for Eurovision. Danielle says that as a fan for more than 20 years, and someone who's covered the contest in the past five years, one of the most exciting things is having it all a bus ride away. It's a little surreal, he says. He was in the arena for the first time recently, and it nearly brought tears to his eyes. As for their predictions on where Eurovision will take place next year, Gilly and Aaron both decisively say, Holland. Danielle refuses to commit, it's all open, he says. Well, we'll find out soon enough. That wraps up this Eurovision magazine. This is Nomi Segal together with sound technician Shalomi Benatia, inviting you to listen to our daily broadcast on Conreca, the Khan website, or the Khan English Facebook page.